1: That's the Johnny McKeg Band. This is the Piffles Podcast, your premier Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. My name is Alex. I'm Steve. And I'm not in a walking boot. Steve, you're here? I'm here. Greg, how's your Achilles?
0: Uh, So far, so good, I think.
1: Well, that's it. You're, you're signed up for the defense. We're going to talk a lot about that here on the Piffles Podcast this week. Piffles podcast is brought to you by Dairy Queen on Elphinstone street and Sass drive in Regina. Check them out. Give us a like on Facebook. Check us out on Twitter at Piffles pod. You can give me a follow at real Alex D can find me at Safamod
0: and don't follow me at Greg on sports. I don't care anymore. I don't need your pity follows,
1: but you'll take them.
0: I will take them and I will, (laughs) I will bring joy to your day, but I do not want your pity follows, but
1: Part of that was true.
0: I, I can't fleet anymore, guys. What am I going to do? No more fleets.
1: You can if you still pay the $4 a month though, right? Yeah, that well, you, you get the edit
0: button on that one too, but Ooh. I don't want to edit a button that bad. Steve might, but I don't.
1: Not nope. for $4. Hard, no, I'll,
2: I'll let my, my autocorrects fly. At this point,
1: it can't get any worse than I've done in the past. So (laughs) You do have the best autocorrects. Check out the the website, pifflespodcast.com. We're also a proud member of the CFPN Canadian Football Podcast Network and a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Let's jump right into it, guys. Time for the opening kickoff. (laughs) Your laugh wasn't as loud this time, Craig. I was trying
0: to hold it in. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I just stared at, gro-
0: stare at the ground like I'm not going to do it it's not going to break me and it broke
1: me <laughs> so obviously the big news training camps are underway we're super pumped about that especially here in Saskatchewan but before those training camps started we got to talk about all those Achilles injuries we haven't had a show since that happened Larry Dean Freddie Bishop III Nelson LeCombo, Jonathan Femi Cole all torn Achilles tendons done for the year Huge loss to the defense, obviously. Guys, what was your first reaction when you saw this news break? 2008. Here we go again. That was the year of the broken leg.
2: Yeah. It just, it just felt like too much. And it started off with just Larry Dean, and that alone was bad enough. And then it was, oh, there might be other defensive players. Oh, wait, no, there's four players. And it just it just kept growing and growing. And to hear that it all happened in a matter of six minutes. Like, I don't think you could, you will ever see that again in any sport. Four blown Achilles on the same drill in six minutes and the drill kept going. One sucks.
0: Two, okay, it's a fluke. Three, why the hell are you still doing the drill for a fourth to happen? I don't get it. I don't care how fast they were. That is crazy.
1: And this was before training camp officially started so there there weren't any coaches there even though the strength and conditioner coach was there but they classify that as medical so technically not a coach but and I mean they've done this drill for the last five years apparently but you've got guys that have not played football in almost two full years this is a dumb exercise to do the very like second day you get them out onto the field because they were out the day before but obviously not doing proper workouts and whatnot, but what a stupid drill to be doing at that part of the training camp, pre-training camp. Like this seems something out of a Chris Jones era that would happen, not out of a Jeremy O'Day team. But Greg, you mentioned it. First one, yeah, fluke. Second one, okay, maybe we should shut it down. Three and four, that's unacceptable. And, and my first reaction, when I saw that it happened that quick, and it was four of them. First, it came out that it was four in 20 minutes. We found out later it was about six minutes. Why well, there there's gotta be, and, and we just had the anniversary of this, Cavis Reed, there has to be consequences. <laughs> like there's gotta be something that that is done about this because that's unacceptable. The team lost their starting middle linebacker, which is an absolute huge loss for any team, let alone a team that is replacing all of their linebackers this year.
2: And not, not only did we lose the starting linebacker or middle linebacker, but the projected starter at defensive end to replace Charleston Hughes too. That's that in itself is another huge loss. Like these aren't these aren't bottom of the depth chart guys that uh, well, not all of them anyways. That uh, that went out on on this drill. These are these are big names that you were expected to carry a ton of uh, uh, time on the field for the Riders. It's it's a huge loss. It can't be understated how big it is going into the season.
0: And even Lacombeau, yeah, he's a rookie this year, but he was projected to either have a lot of field time or even start in that position. So not a good way for him to start. And Femi Cole, draft pick last year. Luckily, those two are young enough that they'll probably heal and still have a decent career on the back end. You got to think Larry Dean and Freddie Bishop are in their 30s. They don't have that many years left.
1: And going to look the Lacombo injury, not only just – the amount of playing time he might have gotten this season, but the flexibility of having another Canadian defensive back or put him at linebacker wherever you're going to line him up, you had the potential to start two defensive backs there, Canadians, with him as a rotational player, maybe even taking over. So I don't know, maybe that dream is gone now for the Riders of having two Canadians in the secondary. So a little bit of flexibility from the team all of a sudden is gone due to a stupid drill at a stupid time.
0: Well, and I think the riders realize that because now it seems like they are going with two Canadians with the ones every, uh, every day now. So it's either Lenius and McInnes or uh, uh, Jana got in there today after um, uh, McInnes got banged up a little bit.
2: We're, we're at that stage now after four major injuries that anytime you see a, a tweet from somebody's going down the tunnel or somebody somebody getting hurt, the entirety of Ryder Nation is freaking out because we, we, we're we at that point before the season starts that we can't afford another major injury. We just don't have the depth to do it in, in a lot of these spots now. It's a, it's a rough start to the year for sure.
0: American receiver, that's it. That's the only way we can lose players <laughs> right now because, because we got a lot of those guys right now. I don't know who they're going to keep.
1: And, and they did lose one. They lost Jordan Williams-Lambert. It was just a cut on the hand, I guess. And it sounds like he'll be out seven to ten days. So he'll be, he'll be back before training camp ends for sure. And he's still projected to be one of the starters, I would imagine. But they do have a lot of depth there at the American receiver behind Shaq Evans and, and Kyron Moore. So not too terribly worried there. But like you mentioned, Greg, they've been running two Canadian receivers starting. And I think that's where we're going to find more of that flexibility. And it really makes a lot of sense now when you see, when you look back at the last couple of drafts and you see what Jeremy O'Day has done since 2019, taking over at, at GM.
2: Well, you mentioned the uh, the American receiver. One thing I want to touch on, this next seven to 10 days while uh, JWL is out, this is Paul McRoberts' chance to shine. He's been the guy that we've talked about for, what, two and a half years I mean not a lot the last year but through all of camp last year all of the the whole season last year and now camp again this year this is his chance to to rip that spot out of uh Williams Lambert's hands and I'm I'm interested to see what he do what he does with it
1: well of course we're just all speculating on what we've heard from uh from reporters over the first week of training camp here Practices open on Sunday to the public. 500 fans are going to be allowed, which is uh, really nice for people to get out to the park and, and just see a little bit of football, especially without having a preseason game this year. This is a chance to, to get the kids out there and, and not have to pay 60 bucks for a kid to go to a game. So uh, good news there that they announced just the other or when they announced that today, just today. And, of course, the green and white scrimmage will be on ju- Saturday, July 24th. 5,000 fans will be in attendance for that. They're selling tickets for it. Five bucks a ticket, which I think is very reasonable. And uh, money from that is going to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders Foundation, their charity. And uh, all kids 14 and under get in for free. So is that something that you guys are going to check out next Saturday in lieu of the preseason game?
2: Can we film it? <laughs>
1: No well, we can.
2: <laughs> should we? Is the question you're asking? You should be asking.
0: Okay. Should Steve Steve film and let's put up a poll
1: and see how and see how Fa- fast,
0: fast we in trouble for it.
1: Let's <laughs> charge one dollar. I bet you we'll make just as much as the riders do. <laughs> but I actually had I actually had somebody bring this up to me today and and say, okay, well, because tickets are digital this year, maybe those five thousand tickets for this green and white scrimmage should have gone just to season ticket holders since we're probably not going to get anything Uh,
0: if anyone wants i can make them a digital shoelace (laughs) but yeah no uh, the season ticket thing is it's weird i i haven't seen anything on it what's going to happen besides the fact they're digital this year but Oh no! I'm sure that I'm sure the riders. Uh, obviously, they lost money last year, so I'm, I'm certain it's going to be one of those. We'd love to treat our fans, but we can't because of you know budget. But
1: well, and we actually had a question about that about what we think that Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans will get for season tickets as perks. So we'll we'll kind of go through that a little bit later in the show. Um, but uh, it's just nice to finally have football back, and yes, the CFL is actually going ahead. And uh, it's nice to have, especially after how last season ended up. Well, last year, not last season.
0: Honestly, I think I'd rather see this scrimmage than a typical preseason game. Those preseason games are just a mess anyway.
1: They are, but I have my concerns about this because you're still not hitting anybody all that hard. In In a scrimmage game between the team, Like you're not hitting the quarterback. You're going a little bit lighter on the tackles. Like it's, it doesn't, it's as close as a game as you'll get in training camp, but it's not a game. And I just think that first game of the year for all teams, when they're actually going out there and and hitting somebody from another team for the first time, especially after a year and a half off, like we're going to see some guys hurt that game, just either overdoing it or just the excitement. And it's just, they're not used to it right now. And that has me worried for week one of the season.
0: Those first games, that first week, all across the board, riders to everybody, is going to be nothing but chaos. Like, you're going to have guys that are thinking they need to do something to make the team, and they're going to do something absolutely stupid.
2: The one advantage you're going to see from some teams, I'm looking at Saskatchewan, maybe Winnipeg a little bit, Hamilton for sure, where these teams have, are very similar to the teams they put out in 2019, where there's not a lot of holes to fill they're going to come out of the gate with a huge advantage over the teams like Toronto who signed every free agent available over the last two years or Ottawa who has a bunch of people that wouldn't make my local high school team. Like you're going to see, you're going to see a lot of, a lot of a completely different environment here in Hamilton versus those situations. And it's kind of nice to be in the, in the, what you assume is the positive uh, spot with that, where they, where they've got that chemistry built already.
1: I just want to touch on the quarterbacks really quick before we finish off the opening kickoff here. And from what I've been hearing, it sounds like Isaac Harker has actually been the, one of the best quarterbacks in camp looks a little bit better than Cody Fajardo. I mean, we're only what five, six days into camp, but that's promising. That's good because I mean, yeah, he won the uh, the final regular season game of 2019 to get the Riders first place and the West final, but they didn't really let him do a lot that game. So just to hear that he's the best quarterback out there is really promising. Especially if God Cody's Achilles decides it wants to join the rest of the team's Achilles.
0: So we can finally have Harkamania brother.
1: <laughs> oh man. I can't wait. The shirts are ready to go. Let's, I've got let's the go. designs
0: made. The design was That's made two cool. years ago. I'm ready to ro-
2: roll it up. Harkamania I- baby. I love the story that came out today about uh, how Harker bribed his sister to, to help him learn the uh, the playbook uh, with uh, with Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Was it every two hours that they spent he'd buy her a coffee?
1: Yeah, something it, like that. It,
2: but that the what he did shows what he's pushing for for twenty twenty one and going forwards. I I hope the day comes where we do get Harker I don't know what the the writers are going to do. Obviously, Cody is the
0: team starter but then you got harker who was his backup and then they're high on mason fine sounds like paxton lynch is actually looking pretty solid out there right now oh, you can only keep three i don't know what you're gonna do
2: after after the comments uh, lynch made how much time and effort do the riders put into to lynch going forwards though i mean every guy that comes up here wants to make the nfl but for him to come out and and say it day one of camp for him was a little, uh, but
0: he he said the quiet part out. He said the quiet part out loud. They all think that though.
2: Yeah. But that's the point is if day one, if you're already making that comment publicly, that this is just a stopgap, And we've seen the history of first round draft picks that have come up to the CFL. And there is exactly zero quality history to look at from those guys. You know, you, they all come in with that big head, like they're gonna run through, uh, just run through everybody. I, I'm curious, though, how uh, how much time they'll put into them. How dare the only you position sold
1: Smith <laughs> and Johnny Manziel
0: and Johnny Manziel.
1: It's the only position on the team where you actually need to. You can't just come into the CFL and just start ripping it up. Like it just doesn't happen when you're when you're coming in directly from the states from the states. It's just for whatever reason, every other position you can come in and put be a thousand yard receiver, a thousand yard running back. You can be a DB and have 10 interceptions. Like it just, it seems like it happens everywhere else, but quarterback, it's not one of those positions and to come in and think that you're going to do that. And Hey, because I have this first round pedigree, well, guess what? All the other guys were probably drafted at some point in the NFL eat as well, or at least went to NFL camps. They know what it's like up there too, or down there. So They've already put in the time in the CFL, the waggle, the extra person. It's such a different game for the quarterback up here. And you have to be a little bit more mobile. And that's where he's going to find that he just doesn't have it.
0: But you also, and also with a quarterback in the CFL, that field size, not enough people talk about the field size. They talk about the waggle. But it's like a goaltender. It's like your, your angles, you know, your angles in your rank, but you go to a different rank that wide side, that wide side is a lot further than it is in the NFL. So. Yeah.
2: There's also the extra, extra defender that they're not
1: used to looking out for that. Uh, that probably makes a pretty big difference too. Well, there's the opening kickoff presented by Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty. Let's move to the Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zones. And as we do that, I just want to say that I am having one of their brand new Churchill Brewing Company lawnmowers right now. Very, very nice. The first one I've had. So, uh, cheers. Cheers. I hate you guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I yours do not is have mine yet. yet. In
1: mine are sitting at Steve's time. house. In due time. So, let's take a look at the Riders defensive line. Each show, we're going to go through a position on the team and, and go in and take a look at what they have. And obviously, with the Freddie Bishop injury, that had me thinking about the D line where, Steve, you mentioned it, Freddie Bishop, an all-star in his own right, former NFLer as well he was pegged to be the starter to replace Charleston Hughes and we're missing a boatload of sacks there without uh, Charleston Hughes here so now you're looking at A.C. Leonard who's an all-star in his own mind sorry not in his own mind that's bad <laughs> word. In his own right he is an all-star <laughs> I apologize A.C. Leonard friend <laughs> of the show actually <laughs> words matter alex (laughs) i Uh, i I, I,
0: I could edit that out but i'm going to leave that one in
1: (laughs) in there no i screwed up i said the wrong word it's in his own right he is an all-star he was with ottawa he was very very good last season for the riders in 2019 i don't think he's a number one at least to the point where you're replacing charleston hughes i know it's really hard to replace a hall of famer like Charleston Hughes and the amount of, of quarterback sacks he gets every single year, no matter what his age is. But so maybe I'm being unfair to AC Leonard, but I just don't see him as that as being the guy, but he's going to have to be this year. And I think he, he has the tools to be that guy. Now he's also a converted tight end. So, I mean, he doesn't have the full history of being defensive end. But joining him at defensive end and from the sounds of it, starting is going to be Keon Adams, who uh, apparently is uh, really quick off the line. And uh, you have Jordan Reeves basically there to rotate. Otherwise, you're looking at some American players that you've never heard of before.
0: I'm honestly out of those four that we lost we got to admit Jonathan Tammy Cole, Canadian running back, probably special teamer. Then then it went my, my top was um obviously Dean, then Combo and Bishop I was like not not saying we needed him, like we we obviously especially with the retirement of Chad Jeter, Bishop was definitely pegged in as a starter, but I think we can find a American defensive end that will be serviceable, especially when you put him beside Micah Johnson. Because <laughs> well, Micah Johnson's well, going to be eating up all those double teams anyway.
1: And the one thing about the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, especially since the year 2000, they've never had a problem finding defensive ends. Terrell Jerniak was great for a few years, Fred Perry. And then you got guys like John Chick came up and then, he, I mean, even had Kiwana Jones, although he was more of a defensive tackle in that system yeah. with, with Edgeberry, but they always consistently had good rush ends. So I'm not terribly worried. Yeah, it sucks to not have Freddie Bishop, but I think they'll be fine. I don't think it'll be the strength of the team by any means anymore, but they'll they'll be good. I think the biggest problem isn't so much that we we lost
2: a quality defensive end, it's that we also are replacing the the middle linebacker and our whole, our whole linebacking core. And you're looking at now outside of uh, Mac Henry and um, Micah Johnson an entirely new front seven and losing that extra guy. Who's got the experience. I think that's the part that's going to hurt is they're going to be looking for that extra experience and, and they don't have it now. So it's 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 going to be interesting to see what uh, what comes of Keon Adams, or, or whomever takes that spot. I think like like you said with Micah Johnson and Mac Henry in the in the middle, they'll they'll be okay, but it's still it's still a worry more from an experience level than than potentially from a talent level.
0: Before the retirement, Chad Jeter, when you looked at the Riders front seven, and Jeter was going to be a rotational guy anyway, probably. Like that front seven, your only question marks were who's gonna be the Canadian linebacker and who are they gonna bring in as as a as a cover linebacker. But whoever they put put in there was probably gonna be solid, be a, a pure foy or whoever. Now it's like question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark.
2: So Question mark, question mark, Micah Johnson. Question <laughs> yeah. mark,
0: question mark. Question <laughs> mark Mac Henry. And uh, then the all star uh, in his Leonard. own mind. AC yeah, Leonard. Leonard. an all star in his own mind and uh <laughs>
1: you guys are never going to let me live that down. Nope. Guys are no, I wish Charbel. you had, I had
0: a button on that one.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Um, Charbel DeBeer, Don't forget about him. He uh, is basically the reason Zach Evans doesn't have a job in the CFL right now.
0: Yeah, no. Yeah. Charbel De Beer was a very good surprise, actually, considering his draft position. So, <sighs> yeah, but like, I, I have no problem with their defensive tackles at all. I, I'm not even worried about our defensive lines. It's that linebacking core that is going to be. Very, very interesting this year.
1: Well, and we'll take a closer look at the linebackers next episode, but what I've actually been hearing about the linebackers is Dion Lacey. And this was before he missed a couple of days due to being in the COVID protocol with a false positive. Um, he was actually lining up at defensive end as well too. So that makes me think that with this defense that Jason Shivers is going to run, you have to be able to play multiple positions You're going to be close to the ball. You're going to be far away from the ball. You're going to be dropping back. You're going to be rushing the quarterback. You have to be a good athlete to be in this defense. And it's not, okay, you're the middle linebacker. That's your job. Or you're the outside linebacker. That's your job. You're going to have to do a little bit of everything. And I think with the athletes that they do have on this defense, they have a lot of flexibility to make that happen.
0: You got to be an a or a Marabere to play in this defense. I love that. You, you can play those guys at the line and you can draw them back in coverage and it didn't matter.
1: Who was the guy we lost to Toronto um, before the 2019 season? He was a defensive end linebacker kind of hybrid. Zero. Yes. What, what, who What's his name? Why am I blanking on this? I know. He was so good and I thought that was going to be the, one of the biggest losses for this team.
0: Robert? No, that was not Robert, was it? Nope. zero was that oh uh antigua yeah toby antigua toby
1: antigua yeah he was the guy that. so good
0: i meant he was awesome
1: but i think you're gonna see a lot more players you're gonna have to be like that like a toby antigua where you can play a little bit of every position and that's what it's going to take to make this team and and they're gonna try and keep guys fresh and rotate and and i think that's going to be how the defense is approached this year but overall, like you guys said, I'm not too terribly worried about the defensive line. AC Leonard, Keon Adams, Micah Johnson, and then Mac Henry and Charbel De Beer at tackles. And if you rotate in Jordan Reeves and you know, probably another American defensive end. That's not bad by any means. It's not the top of the league anymore, but it's it's not bad.
0: No, it's a solid line. Like some great athletes there. it's like I said, once you get to the next tier, though
1: and we'll do that next episode as we look at the linebackers but right now let's get to a couple questions that we had sent in and uh there's some really really interesting ones here and the first one we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier but uh since tickets are digital this year do season ticket holders get any perks and i think just right off the bat post post COVID I'll put that in quotation marks because it's not over but now that things are opening up and and returning to a state of normal again this is the year to hold off I think everybody's just happy to be have football again and I don't think anybody would be upset at the team if they didn't give anything out if you didn't get a box with whatever collectibles in it I think this is the year to not do that just because they lost so much money over the last and the league lost so much money over the last year that you know what I can do without my shoelace
0: i'll gladly do a digital shoelace for anyone who wants it thank you
2: you're welcome if if the riders do anything i have this feeling that they're gonna give out um the masks like their rider uh, logoed masks just because they're gonna have so many left over and people aren't going to be going in droves to buy them anymore it's one of those well here's
1: here's what's left let's dole those out they retail those at like 35 bucks, man. I don't think they're going to be willing to give those away. That's a good point.
2: But also... It's, with, a, it's a huge step up from the from the shoelaces and lanyards we've seen. So you're probably right.
1: And actually with the masks, it'd be smart for them to, to keep that price point because with 33,000 people going to games, hopefully 33,000 people, there's a lot of people that are a little apprehensive about going just without having the double-vax passport like the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are doing. So
0: double vax have to be from the province passport. Yes, because I, I know of uh, bomber season ticket holders in Saskatchewan that can't go to games even though they're double vaxed. Well
1: that's what they get for being bombers fans in Saskatchewan. Well, that is true. <laughs> um, the other question we got, why do you guys think that ticket sales are so slow right now? We haven't seen a sellout, even Labor Day's not sold out yet that first game first game back on August 6th still has a bunch of empty seats and, and thousands still available later on. I think you touched on it. The the
2: lack of vaccine passport combined with not having a huge event, like there's nothing between the opening on July 11th in the province and the the home opener. There's there's nothing there to as kind of a test event. There's basically 3 weeks, which is how long you need to see if there's going to be any kind of jump so I think a lot of people are kind of waiting for that that first game to see if there's that huge jump in numbers. problem is you wait for that that huge jump and we're already four weeks into the season with three home games <laughs> we done.
0: Don't, yeah, we don't have a home game until September. Yeah. But, so, I mean, I don't know. I think uh, I think they, prob- they should have roll- rolled it out slowly. Like, they should have done ha- half-season ticket holders for the first game, half-season ticket holders for the second game, third game, open it up.
2: I I get it. This it, it is a gate-driven league and you want to bring on bring in as much money as possible, especially after uh losing so much last year and losing not just the money but the the attention and the you know the the CFL was basically out of the news unless it was bad for over a year. You know, they they need to get that that crowd back and they need that big crowd at game number 1. But the the simple solution would have been some kind of vaccine passport. It sucks for those who can't do it. I get it. But that probably would have done wonders for selling tickets because there's a lot of people with season tickets who are talking about not going, let alone the ones that, you know, don't have tickets yet.
1: Yeah, it'll be in- interesting to see how August uh, 6th against the BC Lions shakes out and, and if it's going to be uh, a full stadium or not. I know for one thing for sure about that game, that's probably going to be the loudest game that you'll ever attend at that stadium because with that much pent-up angst and and readiness for for football and especially rider football here in Saskatchewan, that crowd is going to be absolutely amped. Can TSN show up with their stupid noise meter? (laughs) It's still bitter about that. (laughs) Well, one more thing to get to before we leave you here on the Piffles podcast. And it's the Piffles memories where uh, you guys pick one game and then we tell you what we re- what we remember from it. And uh, Greg, you got the suggestion and you laughed about it because it's uh, another rain game. And that's apparently what we've been doing a lot of here on the show.
0: I think, we, I think this is the last one. I can't think of another rain game that I remember that
1: is famous.
2: Did we do the Canada Day game a few years back?
1: We did do that one, yep.
2: Oh no, I can think of one—the no, one, the, the one like where, from uh, from
1: the new stadium,
2: the uh, Toronto game where it. Yeah, uh, we did, was, we, did it, sure. we, we did it. We did it. when you're on your strike. Yeah. Uh,
0: no, I was. We, we didn't do the home opener where uh, Corey Holmes took it to the house after that rain delay. At the start of the game. Two
1: thousand five. That was the debut of the Sastel Maxtron. Yes, it and was, and it was uh, broken. And they couldn't use it that game because of the, th- the thunder in the area. They had to turn it off. They couldn't use the stupid thing. <laughs> so Saskatchewan.
0: Yeah. Oh.
1: <laughs> yeah. Corey Holmes takes the opening kickoff against Winnipeg for a touchdown. Almost had a punt return touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. That game as well had over 300 yards all purpose. That was, he was just a monster game. And that was when he threw up the McDonald's as he calls it on the, uh, on the sidelines from the, from the cheeseburger he had in the afternoon before the game. Um, but this week's game is going to be, we're not going to go back very far. It's 2019. There's it the Riders in Montreal where they almost played 75% of the game. So this was the, the game where the Riders ended up winning by a couple points, didn't play at, at all good on offense. They scored both their touchdowns on fumble recoveries on defense, on strip sacks, and The defense was looking fantastic that game. And that was I who was that quarterback for Montreal? It was a backup because it wasn't Vernon Adams. It was somebody else. Was it Crompton? Yes. Wow. And they were just they the defense was just all over them. But that game, we call it the Rain Delay game for a couple reasons. One, let's talk about the rain in Saskatchewan that night. That was when Garth Brooks was here at Mosaic Stadium for the first of his two shows. And they, that was at the old Costco parking lot, where they had uh, buses picking people up and driving them to the stadium. And there was no place that they could stand. It was just like a monsoon that came. There was flooding, and my God, it was such a mess. And that concert almost got canceled that night. Uh, they ended up going late into the night. Yeah, because well, well, doesn't. Yeah, Garth Brooks doesn't cancel shows. He goes and. Uh, <laughs> That was what it was like in Saskatchewan. But that game in Montreal, just – I know it has an asterisk sign beside it, but what do you guys remember from that game?
0: It it proved you don't need to play a full game to beat Montreal. That's what it proved to
2: me.
1: (laughs) You got to play 60 minutes.
2: Lie. That that is not true. (laughs) I I think – what I remember most from that game had nothing to do with the game itself. It had to do with the absolute hate and vitriol that was yeah. thrown at Ryder nation after that game. Like it was our fault that, that the game was canceled and the rules were followed. And if the, if the game didn't finish the, we shouldn't get the win and it's going to come back and affect the standings at the end of the year. Who cares? Like they have these rules for a reason. It's a, it's a big safety thing. I, I, I just remember laughing the whole time. If it happened to any other team, wouldn't have mattered, but because it was Saskatchewan, it was all about how the CFL or the riders are the CFL darlings and they're just playing to the team. And it's like, no, these are actual written rules. Well, you've got to follow them.
0: Cause well, and, and this stems from the conversation we had last time, Th- these rules stem from that opening game in Winnipeg where the, the rain delay was forever and then so the following season the cfl typical cfl fashion knee-jerk reaction okay we need to fix this and while that toronto game that we talked about that home opener was approaching that deadline luckily the lightning got out of the way or else that game would have been called early too so we could the writers could have been involved in two of those that year
2: well, They're I think just... the the one the Saskatchewan Toronto <laughs> game wouldn't have because there was still it had just started the second quarter, or the third quarter, was it? Oh, right. Or was it late in the second? That one they needed no, to get into late the second because they added six minutes under the uh, yeah. On the... So it wasn't close enough. To, or It didn't pass that cutoff. They would have continued that game at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that was also used against us forever because oh well, they finished that game. Why couldn't they finish this one? Well,
1: rules, man. Now. I'm... Now imagine if the Riders were losing.
2: Oh,
0: it was. the other end. of this day, I, I'd be fighting on the opposite side right now. I guarantee you.
2: But it would be one team fighting it, not eight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all all yeah, that, teams, that's. I, could, I
0: couldn't believe how things. many Stamps fans were like freaking out about it, and it was just like, "Come on, guys!"
1: It's one of those freak things. It happens in in football. Let it go. So there's our piffles memories this week here on the piffles podcast guys before uh we take off here is there anything else you guys have this week
0: no protect your achilles stretch
1: <laughs> proper <laughs> yeah.
0: stretching before any exercise
1: and no explosive drills yeah. and the pa is looking into uh into that so we haven't mentioned that part yet and we'll see the CFL probably do a, a little investigation into that as well. And I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere down the road, there was a little fine thrown out to the, to the riders based off that, but we'll see what happens with that. Just, that's they good. should just find Chris Jones anyways. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for us this week here on the Piffles podcast. Thanks for listening in talking rider football with us. We'll be back again next week as we talk more rider football as training camp keeps going on guys have a great uh, rest of your night and of course piffles podcast is brought to you by our great friends at dairy queen on Elphinstone street and sass drive in regina special thanks as well to kathy festion of royal page regina realty and churchill brewing company and this lawnmower beer by churchill brewing company to make so I I this show you. possible piffles podcast brought to you already did that part Piffles Podcast is a proud member of the series. one too
0: many lawnmowers.
1: Yeah, I should probably stop talking now. This is Ghost Behind Your Mind by Tyler Gilbert.